Hello, this is Nilla Varman and you're listening to The Nilla Extract, the official show where I talk about pressing issues such as body acceptance, mental health, climate change, race and so much more, with some pretty cool music and some pretty cool guests too. Hello everyone, welcome to the Nilla Extract. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Nilla Varman. <laughs> it's so good to be back live in some capacity with URN and it's such an honour to be here as usual. Um, if I sound a bit shaky, it's just because I've got a really weird throat. I genuinely think I'm coming down with something. So uh, as much as I want to make this Halloween special spooktacular, I feel like it's going to be rather short. It feels good. It feels good being live. It's been so long and yeah, it feels good. Now, I don't know about you, but Halloween is one of my favourite seasons holidays of the year except I hate horror movies but I love everything else the dressing up part the trick-or-treating the going to Halloween parties and getting very drunk and other things but it is literally one of my favorite times of the year I do enjoy watching horror films I think I get really 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 scared for no reason at all and I don't know I just get a thrill from it I just hate it like people have to force me to watch them but I don't regret it afterwards. I don't know. Recently, I went to go watch the movie Smile in theatres. And I haven't watched a horror movie in the cinema. Like, I don't think since... I, w- I watched Insidious 2 once. I was I was very uh, meanly and cruelly tricked by my friends who told me they were taking me to watch some other animated film. But no, it was Insidious 2. And, uh, oh my gosh, back then when I watched it, I was so scared. I couldn't get up. I think my mum had to come pick me up. I had a fever the next day. I was like vomiting everywhere. I don't know if this is just like coincidental, but hey ho. But anyway, with Smile, I went with my boyfriend and my friend and they were like, oh, you know, it's going to be so bad. It's going to be hilarious. Nilly, you're not even going to be scared. I'm sure it's just going to be funny. And so we go and I'm excited and I sit down and I didn't even bring a proper... I guess, hoodie to cover my eyes. But here we are, we're in the theatre and I get terrified. I don't even know if it was a good film, to be honest with you, but there were so many jump scares for all you jump scare lovers. So much so that I actually ended up weeing myself and had to run to the bathroom at the end of the film and just, I don't know, I freaked out. But um, yeah, so (laughs) maybe the cinema isn't the best location for me to watch a horror film. Maybe it is under my covers through a small hole that I have left myself with my duvet just to just to just see like, you know, the corner of the screen. Yeah, that's more my thing. Now, growing up, Halloween was always fun. I don't know. I've always wanted to go to America to celebrate Halloween just once in my life because they do it so amazingly, in my opinion. But anyway, British Halloween, it's fun. When I was in primary school, we never used to dress up going to school or anything, but you know, just brag about what we were going to wear or if someone got a new witch costume. I think I was a witch for, I don't know, 10 years straight <laughs> at one point. Um, and then I decided to, you know, rebel, oh my God, my throat, rebel and do other things. And do you know what? My Halloween costumes have been weird and they've been good. And then as I got older, I started putting more effort into them because I love 
the costume part of it. I make the stuff myself. I hand make things. I just, I love it. DIYing, great opportunity, Halloween costume. But when I was younger, I have really fond memories of trick-or-treating with my brother and my mum. My dad only came with us a few times, I think. Um, but he was usually in charge of distributing the sweets whilst we were out. And one year we were coming back, um, so we would just go in our estate and we were just walking back down to our house. Um, my house is like the second house when you enter the estate. So we went all the way down and we were coming back and we were just overhearing all these kids going, oh my gosh, there's a house like, like, oh my gosh, have you guys been to that house? They're, they're giving out like objects and presents and things. And my brother and I were like, let's go there. Like, oh my gosh, mom, I'm take us there. And then we got closer to my house and people were saying, oh, that house at the beginning of the estate, that guy's giving out raisins and stuff and oranges. And we were just like, what is going on? Is this the same house? And then we walk a bit further and then we see kids were like, pencils and erasers and a pencil case that looked very familiar and then as you probably guessed by now it was indeed my house that was giving out all these strange objects and my dad was standing outside <laughs> handing out school supplies when I <laughs> walked back into the house I think my brother and I must have been I think I was like probably nine so he must have been about seven and um good old 2010 but uh, yeah, my mum was just like, what is going on? And it turns out that he'd run out of sweets and he panicked. And so first he started giving out like full-sized chocolate bars. So people freaked out and more people showed up. And so all the full-sized chocolate bars ran out. And then our bar was like, what do I do now? So then he took the first thing that he could see, which was all of the school supplies that my mum had bought us. Um, just a few... I guess, weeks prior when school started so that we'd have enough school supplies for the whole year. And he started giving away all the pencils that we'd got and the erasers and all the rubbers or whatever and um, pencil cases and I don't know, like bubbles and all, just literally what he could find he was giving out. And then he ran out of those. So he started giving away fruit and raisins from like our packed lunch, lunch section that my mum had in the kitchen. Uh, so it was just it was interesting and then I left my sweets like in the living room and I went to the bathroom and I came out and he'd taken all my sweets and started giving those out to kids and I was just oh Abba he was in trouble that year <laughs> no but absolutely I love Halloween and another part of Halloween which really sticks with me is my is up again his inability to do makeup he's awful you know if you met my dad he'll tell you like he's a he's a brilliant artist by the way he's great he's a doctor he paints he writes he's a man of many talents but he cannot do face painting or cut hair but if he offers you either just run away run the other direction like leave the country because he's awful <laughs> my brother dressed up as a pirate one year and he used like all these paints and makeup and made him look terrible and oh, oh my god if I have this photo I will send it to all of you individually but it was so bad that my brother sat in the living room crying and refused to go out trick-or-treating until my dad was just like no you look so grown-up manly man or whatever and so we went out and did the trick-or-treating and then another year he did makeup with some out-of-date lipstick and all sorts and it didn't come off and so my brother was stuck with this dreadful makeup that my dad had done for him he was a 
pirate? No, no, vampire or something like that. So he'd use the out-of-date lipstick to do the blood down his chin. And um, yeah, it didn't come off for like a week. He had like a red tint on his cheeks and like near his eyes. And yeah, he wasn't too happy. So Halloween, Oppa, they don't they don't clash very well. <laughs> um, but you know what? These are things that I absolutely miss. And watching my brother cry in the living room whilst he's getting his face painting done is something I sorely miss. Now, tonight you're in for a very fun episode. It is Halloween weekend, I guess. Halloween's on Monday, technically, but let's just pretend it's Halloween weekend. And so you've got some really fun songs coming up. We've got a very special guest coming up later on in the show. And you guys have sent in some Tinder nightmares and dating nightmares from your previous experiences. <laughs> and also told me about some of your favorite spooky films. So I can't wait to share that. But in the meantime, buckle down, empty your bladders, get ready for this episode because it's going to be great. So here I am, live from my bedroom at the Nilla Extract, where I will try to challenge many socially pressing and relevant issues that aren't really talked about much. And as we're broadcasting from home, please do excuse any fart noises, crinkles and pops and all that jazz in the background. And as usual, as I said, this episode will have some good music, uncontainable weirdness. And now here's a song that I've loved since I was really, really young and... I'm sure it's a, it, it's a classic. You'll you'll know it. So here's Michael Jackson with Thriller. Gotta go to the bathroom, so here's a long song. And we're back. Hi, and uh, I hope you enjoyed that song. I haven't heard it for a very long time. I realised I I used to listen to Michael Jackson all the time, and some would even say, aka my brother, if he does say this, don't believe him. Um. He'd say that I used to pray to a shrine of Michael Jackson as a ch- like when I was a child, which now I realise aged very badly, but it may or may not be true, but don't believe him anyway. Moving on, you guys messaged in to tell me what your favourite spooky films are, and I'm really excited to share them. Disclaimer, I think you're all crazy for liking scary movies anyway, but it's okay. This is a safe space. <laughs> So Siska tells me that her favourite is Sinister. Ooh, Katie says, Nightmare Before Christmas, but only can be watched when November hits. Hmm, what do you think about Nightmare Before Christmas? I've actually never watched it. Clement says, Scream 1996. And uh, yeah, I actually like Scream 1996. I agree with that one. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Anonymous person, whoever they are, um, say that their favourite horror movie is their life. Wow. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. A few of you also sent in your dating horror stories this Halloween weekend. And one of them was quite sad, but oh well. Someone said that they sent in a selfie um, of themselves, obviously, um, to their, I guess, future date person that they were seeing uh online dating it's a whole minefield i guess but anyway they match with this person they sent them a selfie on snapchat and then the person blocked them which is really sad the second one is now this is this is also quite sad <laughs> uh this was a halloween date i went to a pumpkin patch with my tinder dates we had a great time and then i went to the bathroom and i came out and he had disappeared so i guess it wasn't a great time after all oh 
Um, someone else says that they opened their fridge to find a very, very mouldy looking pumpkin that had been left there by their ex the day before they had broken up and it just happened to be Halloween. I'm really sorry. Oh my gosh. I don't even know if I should laugh. I, I don't know. I don't know. Thank you for sending in your spooky favourites and your kind of sad but sort of entertaining date nightmares. It happens to the best of us. I don't know what else to say. Speaking of date nightmares, when I was in first year, I joined, I, I joined university when I was 17 and it was already bad enough that I couldn't go to freshers, but I didn't have a boyfriend. I'd never had a boyfriend, never been hit on or whatever. And I was kind of desperate. <laughs> so my flatmates set up a Tinder account for me on my behalf. And um, yeah, I swiped right on this guy. He was really, really good looking. I remember messaging my brother and being like, oh my God, this guy's so hot. Um, and I was texting him for like a month. Not, you know, seriously, uh, just here and there. But I don't know, I was just so obsessed with the fact that someone was complimenting me that some of the facts didn't really add up. Like the fact that this guy was a boxer and a construction worker in Nottingham I, I don't even know um anyway it got to a point where I think I gave this guy my number and I was ta talking to him and he was like we should meet up for dinner and I was like cool maybe I was gonna take one of my friends with me anyway because I I don't know I don't have any experience with tinder dates so things started getting a bit weirder and uh, I decided to run some of the photos that he'd sent me of himself through google images and it, yeah, I just sigh thinking about it. But anyway, it turns out that he was impersonating a French model who lived in Cambodia. So I messaged this person back and I said, yeah, I'd love to meet up. Do you want me to, he's like, oh yeah, you should come around the house. We can go from there. And I was like, cool, do you want me to come to your one in France or Cambodia? And he was like, what? And then I sent him a screenshot of this French model's Instagram and then he immediately blocked me and yeah I really dodged a bullet there I really really dodged a bullet uh I I deleted tinder and all dating apps after that and never went back so but that's just me and speaking of date nightmares our next guest actually had a podcast all about dating and I'm actually yet to listen to it but it sounds really exciting she is so wonderful so incredibly talented the wonderful Neha is on the show today she's also the host of the official Asian music chart and if you don't listen to it on the Asian network, what are you doing? What are you doing? You should go do that right now because it's probably on BBC Sounds and I'm plugging in the show. So listen to it. Anyway, before I introduce you to my wonderful guest, here is another spooky song. And this is a very, very spooky song. And I'm just deciding this on the spot. So I sound super indecisive. This is I Put a Spell on You. Enjoy. Put a spell on you. Cause you're mine. Do, 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 you better stop the things you do. I ain't lying. No. 
Welcome to the Nilla Extract. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. Thank you. Very good. Uh, feeling a little bit sore because I went to the gym yesterday and it was a proper hard session. So oh, besides cool. that, I'm feeling feeling pretty rested after this bank holiday. Incredible. Um, I mean, we were just talking about the Jubilee and just the whole bank holiday weekend, really. What what has been your opinion overall on the whole Platinum Jubilee thing? Is it, is it yeah, your I thing? Yeah, I think it's or... exciting. Well, the thing is, I wanted to get all political about it and be like, where's the Queen got all our money from and all of that sort of stuff. And I've been reading memes. But actually, if you mm. look at it, we're actually really lucky that in this country we've got history um and no other country has that type of history you know a queen that's been on the monarchy for like 70 years so I I think it's exciting um I didn't have any street parties I didn't have any scones scones whatever you want to call it but (laughs) I did watch the concert on tv and just chilled out with my family and who doesn't want an extra bank holiday weekend yeah (laughs) no I can relate like I think lots of people around me especially because we're students are all quite like opinionated about like come on like give us our refunds back you're a patron of our uni or whatever it is I was just like I feel really lucky to actually see this because I'm never gonna see something like that again like the longest reigning monarch all that jazz so I just kind of went for the sake of it just to see and feel it and just be in that kind of environment but as I was telling you I got so exhausted so I was just like yeah I'm not gonna go out after this no <laughs> I know. So did you go into London then um so I live really centrally um so I just I just went into um like Hyde Park area for the Amazing. is it the trooping of the color trooping yep 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 yeah but it was so like it was so many people and I, I I don't know why I expected it not to be that many people but when I arrived I was shook because I've always ever seen those events on TV yeah. and I wanted to go since I live so close I only live a couple stations away so I was like 
do you know what I've got to go no excuses and I was like oh my god <laughs> I went it's all these really people really from? busy the thing is I actually live 10 minutes away from Windsor Castle um, so we saw loads of the planes going over but then I was going to pop to Windsor because I'm literally down the road mm. but I just thought it's just going to be so so busy and then I saw all the pictures I was like yeah I'm kind of glad I didn't go <laughs> you know yeah I saw I saw a pic like a video of like all the crowds being released from a barrier and all of them just swarming through and I was like oh my days like I don't even know how they got there because there were so many people before that that weren't even allowed to reach that area so it's just it's it's crazy um but yeah for those who don't know you and if they don't know you they should know you because you're amazing you Uh are my favorite presenter on BBC Asian Network no no you are I promise I promise it's just it's just because for a very long time I was very in denial not in denial I guess I didn't really want to accept my South Asian identity and um when I wanted to start uh reconnecting with that part of myself more I started listening to Asian Network just then and there like I'd have it on the back of things when I was doing my work or whatever it was and uh, one of the first shows that I listened to was yours so when I did eventually meet you I was just like wait I know you (laughs) (laughs) I was like what they have what Um, so uh, tell me about that you know how has it been how yeah, did you it's been get amazing. Here? Yeah, no, it's been amazing. So I'm a TV and radio presenter and I've been doing it since I left uni. So I've been doing it for years, been grafting, trying really hard. You know, it's really funny how I actually got into presenting because mm. I actually always wanted to be an actor. That was the goal. That was the dream. I went to uni. I studied acting. I trained to be an actor. Wow. And then, you know, went to the acting school afterwards, do some lessons just to get a little bit better than what uni taught me. And then... I thought, actually, let me just enter a few beauty pageants. So I entered one. Uh, I did, which one was it? Actually, this is a funny story, actually. I entered Miss India. Wow. And I'm Pakistani. (laughs) So I didn't tell them that I was Pakistani because the winner got to win a contract um, with Anupam Kher, like his... um, you know, the big, big Bollywood actor, his uh, acting school in India. And it was Mm. really well known and like all the best actors went there. So I thought, you know what? If I win this, I could get into the acting school. And then I went to do this beauty pageant. After I got to the final top 10, I think I kind of got found out that I am not Indian because (laughs) I did this whole speech about Pakistan and India becoming friends because there's always that dive, like, you know, the divide between the two countries before in the past. And then they were like, ah, she's not Indian. She can't win this. So... (laughs) which is terrible then I came runner up on another beauty pageant and then I thought you know what um this is this is great but it's not exactly what I want to do um but then a radio station a local one called Hayes FM uh saw that I was a local girl even though I don't live in Hayes Mm. and they wanted to interview me at like seven o'clock in the morning and I was like oh so early um had a chat and they were like wow you've got so much energy this is amazing ever thought about doing radio Mm. And I was always into music. I would always listen to music late night, listening to the radio. I've always been obsessed with the radio. And then I just fell into radio just like that. Yeah. Worked in loads of different community stations. Um, did loads of YouTube presenting, red carpet presenting, which led to a show on Sky One. Only Asian as well, doing that show, which I felt really proud about when I got the job. Um, yeah. Sky Arts, uh, their CB on Colors TV, which is an Asian program, but it's about food and who doesn't love food, let's be honest. And then, of course, uh, got a commercial station called Aspen Weight Radio over lockdown. Didn't even think that would happen. And then, of course, BBC Asian Network's chart show. So it's been going really good. It's a crazy little journey, but it's been loads of fun. 
Yeah, and I, I like admire it so much because as we were talking about, you know, we've both experienced situations where often we're one of the only brown people in a room of a sea of white people. And I think it's really incredible to see someone who is, you know, you, you're doing incredible things. And I, I really look up to that because it's something that I want to, I guess, strive to achieve. I'm blabbering now because I'm fangirling, I think. Oh, but... <laughs> strive to Sorry. achieve. Sorry, which award did you win? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, um, I feel, I feel like for a long time, I thought no one was going to listen to me because of what I look like, and that maybe my opinion wasn't valid. And seeing that, you know, people like you and other incredible brown women do have a platform where they're doing so much to create tangible change you know globally it's it's so nice to see the work that you're doing and it's really pivotal in the way that you represent yourself and it's yeah yeah oh thank you (laughs) um but yeah I mean did you grow up here all your life or yes I was born here I was born in Slough I want to say Burnham because that is actually where I'm from Burnham Mm -hmm. Bucks it's like a little village between Windsor and Slough but really my postcode is SL which means it's Slough as much as I want (laughs) to deny it I've been born up here but actually Burnham's a very white area um, and it's very English and I was the only brown girl in my school I was the only brown girl in my secondary school and then quite a few other Asians ended up coming to that school um I was in the upper school in the grammar school though across the road there were it was full of Asians oh (laughs) standard (laughs) good good education um so I went to the upper school which was full of English people but then obviously Slough which is a town down the road is full of Asians it's quite Mm -hmm. quite like a this area like Hounslow or like you know like really Asian areas yeah I mean how was that for you growing up here did you kind of struggle to find that balance between maybe your western and south asian upbringing or did you kind of find that balance really young uh i think i found the balance young because i'd always watch bollywood movies i'd always eat the asian food i grew up having roti so like i I would never you know not have the asian food i knew about it watch the Mm -hmm. movies knew about the culture can speak urdu maybe not brilliant but I can speak my language maybe sound a little bit like broken English but you know (laughs) I gave it a good go um so all of that sort of stuff was there um but not being surrounded by that many Asians I didn't really have that many Asian friends like all my best friends were English um when I got older I got a lot more Asian friends which was good but obviously when I was younger I was the only one and it did it it did make I did feel different don't get me wrong I felt very different my school was quite racist as well so Um, It's quite a rough school. So I did, you know, encounter a lot of racism. But I guess as you get older, you know, I feel like I'm happy that I've had that real Western culture because I've come from such an English area. But then also I still have that, you know, Asian side to me as well, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it really comes across in your work as well, because not only do you pay homage to like your South Asian identity and culture and traditions and music and whatnot, but you also, I think, integrate all sorts of different type of people into appreciating that culture so it's really really wonderful to see I mean where do you see your presenting going like what's the next what's what's next I don't know loving my chart show on BBC Asian Network would love a daytime show Mm -hmm. um I would probably say 
doing radio every single day is really sort of key for me. And I know everyone always says to me, look at bigger, look at TV, which I'm doing. Um, you know, I've signed to a TV agency and, you know, I'm, there's lots of things bubbling away, which is really good. Um, but I'm all about sort of arts and music and fashion um, and food and all that sort of good stuff, pop culture. I love all of that. So yeah. um, I would love to be hosting all sorts of different shows, really music shows, food programs. I watched the show last night, right? It's called Britain's Best Takeaway. Sarah Cox is hosting it. Mate, I want to be all over that. <laughs> Britain's Best Takeaway. They're sitting there judging kebabs. That's got me written all over it. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of like, what's that show where someone takes someone to a chicken shop? Is it called Chicken Shop Oh, date? Chicken Shop Date. Yeah, 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 yeah. That just reminded me of that. I haven't watched this that kebab show, though. That sounds quite interesting. Yeah, no, it is. It's Britain's <laughs> Best Takeaway. It's so cool. So um, anything like that. But I'm definitely massively into fashion. It's like, mm. you know, I just always have as a kid. Do you know what? Funny that. Do you know why I'm into fashion? No. So I don't think me. I've ever told anyone this. So when I was younger, being the only brown person in my school, it was very difficult to stand out. Mm. And I wasn't a quiet girl. I was always a girl that wanted to be an actor, a dancer, a performer. I would always be performing an assembly. I'd be always doing something, right, to get myself out there. I always knew that I was going to be a performer. But I was always number two. And I always felt I was number two because I was Asian. Mm. I got to be, we, you know, like in the playground where you play when you were younger, we played Power Rangers back in the day. Yeah. I was never the pink Power Ranger because oh my I'm God, Asian. Neither was I. I was always the yellow Stop. one. I always asked to be the pink one and no one would let me. No one would let me be because wow. because we're Asian. It's yeah. not seen as cool, right? Mm. So I always battled with that. And like the boys would always be like, oh yeah, you know, you're good looking, but, but you're Asian kind of vibe. That's the vibe I got as a kid growing up. Yeah. So the only thing that I could really do to make myself stand out was really throw myself into fashion. My brother's into fashion. My mum's into fashion. Like they're both super fashionable. My brother mm. went to London College of Fashion. Oh, so I've always been immersed in that. So I did actually really put a lot of emphasis into my fashion I'd always be buying new bags I'd make sure on non-school uniform day I would always plan to have like the best outfit mm. I would always be creative I'd always be daring with my clothes and I always have been like that and all my friends would say like I would probably wear quite outrageous things and be cool with that and confident with that so I feel like fashion has been one of those things to make me feel like an individual being an Asian and it's really you know got me ahead in a way and yeah I may have been different at the beginning where people were like whoa what is she wearing or whoa but then at the end of the day it made me stand out and it made me an individual so that's how I kind of expressed myself yeah. of trying to not just be that girl who's Asian does that make sense I get that I get that like I think a lot of the time people see Asian people as like their only character arc or their only story or their life like I guess character defining thing is that they're Asian you know I think it is really important that we do express ourselves in that way and I love that like from what I've seen of you and whenever I've seen you in person like you, you've looked incredible like oh, I love your you. outfits they're always stunning so I love a bit of fashion on me so yeah fashion <laughs> presenting would be really cool um yeah. you know doing more sort of things I've got um you know Cheshire Fashion Week coming up that I'm hosting in November which Ooh, is going to be really cool it's going to be amazing. a big fashion show um and loads of other things bubbling away so that would be really cool yeah yeah, I mean, I'm I'm slowly getting more into fashion. I think I struggled a lot, like just personally being like, I mean, with my body image and whatever, being like, oh, I can't wear certain things because I look like this or whatever. And I'm slowly starting to come out of that. And actually, I've enjoyed fashion forever. I just, I know what I like, but I've never been yeah. able to execute it, if that makes sense. So I think I'm you really, start off with maybe yeah. bright colors first or different colors that you like and mm. just get a different style that you know that's going to suit your body shape and just roll with that, really. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, Neha, this has been an honor speaking to you. Oh, um, thank, thank you, you so, much. so much for coming on the show. Like, oh, I really appreciate it. 
you're so cool. <laughs> oh, Sarah, we should, you're um, so lovely. No, no, we should we should do this again sometime because yeah, I would 100%. love to have you back on the show. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Oh, thank um, you, Angie. Yeah. I'm off to the gym. What do you mean, great? That ain't great. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to force myself to go right now. You've got. I was this. hoping. I was hoping this conversation would be like. Ah, uh, do you know what? Actually, after this conversation, I might not. Go- I'm going to go. I'm going <laughs> to please myself. I'm going to do well, it. You're now motivating me to go to the gym because I was like, let's take a rest day because I went yesterday. No, I should. No. I should go. I should go. If you want results. We've got to go. Right. Consistency. <laughs> That's what it's all about in the radio mm-hmm. and presenting world. It's all about consistency, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but thank you, Neha. I will see you later. My monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match It caught on in a flash He did the match He did the monster match From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from their humble abode To get a jolt from my electrode They did the mash They did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They did the mash It caught on in a flash They did the mash They did the monster mash The zombies were having fun The party had just begun The guests included Wolfman, Dracula and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It got on in a flash. They played the mash. They played the monster mash. Out from his coffin, Rex's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. The monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, Drax a part of the band. And my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them what is sent. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And do my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. <laughs>